0: Welcome back to the Act 2 Podcast, a podcast for the real-life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh.
1: And I'm Josh Hallman.
0: And as a reminder, Act 2 is a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This podcast is just one of the cool things that we do. If you joined us in our script club recently, Mm -hmm. thank you for doing that. That was super fun. At least I had fun. I did too. (laughs) But thank you for joining us on the podcast. If you'd rather... DM us, you have questions, or you have topics that you feel like we should discuss on here, please reach out to us at act2writersatgmail.com. That's all spelled out. Or on our Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me, Tasha, on Instagram at StoryThursday, which is my D&D names put together, and Twitter at Tasha3.0.
1: I am Josh Hallman on Instagram. And Joshua Hallman on Twitter. What is Story Thursday?
0: It's a combo of some D&D names that I've had over the years.
1: Your first name was Story? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then?
0: Thursday actually comes from one of my favorite books, but. Th- uh...
1: Oh, um, what book? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jane fair. if anyone out there has read. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> uh, this week in writing.
1: <laughs> Big day, I'm excited. We're back Tasha. I'm feeling really good about this podcast yeah. and I just want I just want to say that. I pumped myself okay. up beforehand and in the last 1 minute that we've been doing this, I I'm, I'm I'm here.
0: I was going to say I do feel a big energy shift literally in the last 1 minute. Is it because you're drinking a cold brew all of a sudden?
1: No, it's because I I I engaged and I'm treating this like a pitch where I'm all of a sudden okay. like, <gasps> oh
0: shit. So on topic. <laughs>
1: okay. I, it is, yeah. I have to now be activated for the next like 50 plus minutes. And here I am. And then as soon as this podcast c- concludes, I'm going to be like, Tasha, <laughs> going back to what I was saying right before we started to record. But I'm here. Let's go.
0: All right. Let's do it. Okay. Um I have some this week's in writing, which usually when that happens, it's because something terrible and stressful has happened. <laughs> so that's happened. But I had like... An interesting outlining epiphany this week that I wanted to share, I guess. Yeah, share. So, in if I went to film school and in film school, they teach you how to like schedule yourself or like schedule your script writing so that you do it on time. I don't know if you did that in film school, but we did that. And then I was like, oh, this is great. I definitely should, you know, keep this in my brain and then promptly forgot. But I brought it back this week and I have two scripts that I'm writing at the same time that need to be done around the same time. Mm -hmm. And so to make sure that I actually do them properly and, and achieve my deadlines, I wrote out... Each section of my outline, so first of all, I should say I outlined both of them extensively. So one is like a 40-something page outline that I wrote in a final draft that has every single scene written out and a summary of those scenes and what happens in them and little character bits if I knew them. And then the other one is sort of like a 20-something page prose document just written in pages, um, which are just all the moments that are going to be in the movie. Amazing. So I have these great outlines. Yeah, it's like so helpful, and the writing, by the way, is going so much faster because I have these outlines. So cannot I'm like I'm like completely team outline, right? At okay. This point. Can I
1: can I ask you a quick question? Then
0: yes, please. Is there
1: has there been any points where you've wanted to deviate from the outline, but you're like, no, stay on the outline?
0: You know what's interesting is there almost every scene is completely different than the outline.
1: <laughs> oh, but 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 the intent is still the same. Yes, one
0: hundred percent. Yeah yeah or like like what i th- when I thought I was gonna achieve this character moment early in the script, actually, it's not right for that, so I'm gonna end up doing it later. But I know I have to do that later. So for the most part, it stayed yeah, intentionally the same. I see. I'm not worried yet. We'll see how it goes, mm. but anyways, I took these outlines and I wrote on a piece of paper each section, like chunk of a chunk of it that I thought I could a- that achieve at the same time. And that might be two scenes, might be one scene, might be three scenes that I knew I could achieve at the same time. If they're like the three scenes might be really kind of shorter scenes that I knew I could all write in the same day. And then I wrote, just wrote it out by section and then attached dates to each one. And sometimes that date would be one day, like just March 3rd. That's it. It's going to take me one whole day to write that section. I know it. So I'm just going to say March 3rd. There are other sections that are harder. That's going to take me maybe three days. So I'm going to just make sure that that's in there. So then as I go, I now have many deadlines for myself of when I need to achieve all of these things. And if for some reason I go over these many deadlines, I don't achieve it. I will then adjust it accordingly mm. so that I can still... That might mean that I have to do one extra scene on a day that I I really didn't want to. I'm going to have to cram it in there and find time for it. But at least I know now where I am. And that has made the stress of having to do two scripts at the same time just halved. It's great. Highly recommend.
1: Are you flip-flopping between scripts on like Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Or are you doing two in one day? Two
0: in one day. Morning and then after lunch.
1: Gotcha. Different scripts. That's perfect. You need lunch to recalibrate your brain. Yeah. That's what I tell myself. (laughs) And then you don't take a lunch and then you just keep (laughs) writing.
0: I'm trying, I am trying to take a lunch for this exact reason because they are two different brain places. The tricky part, though, gets to be if you have a third project, sneak in there. Mm. Like today, I didn't have a project, but I had an email that took me like an hour to write. Yeah. That was a very unexpected thing I didn't know I would have to do today and that's thrown off my schedule a bit. But I'm determined this is going to work.
1: My this week in writing. It's not as great as yours. I have two, but here's my first one. Double the fun. Double the fun. I was stumped on some writing. I had to write a new opening. I had the script that I'm finishing up. I'm working with a producer and those producers or that producers like we're going to another producer to attach another producer, but we we still have some revisions to do. We think we need a new opening uh i'm like i agree I, I think a new opening is what we need so it was basically like let's start this opening in a- in action and i couldn't figure out what to write like i just i was i was reading scripts i was i was thinking of my favorite movies and i couldn't figure out how to start something where i wanted to start it where it felt fresh it didn't feel like it was recycled from something else And I was struggling. Like I I wasn't debilitated, but I was definitely leaning on. I even messaged Dave. I probably messaged you, like, hey, can we talk this through? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, I couldn't get to where I needed to be. And then finally I just sat down and I was like, I'm just gonna write and see what happens when I write. And I kind of had a general idea of what I wanted to write. Mm -hmm. And so I just started. And it was like, okay, this takes place at this hotel. In this city, and here we go, and this happens, this happens. And as I was writing, I was figuring it out, like as I was going. And then I started to, you know, change from a few pages ago. And just to keep in mind, this was only about a four to five page opening. Mm -hmm. So it didn't require like major outlining. By this point, the entire script is written, it's just this new opening. So outlining really wouldn't have done much for me. Mm -hmm. I just had to write. And when I started to just type, it was like ideas were coming to me. It was the strangest thing. And the next level of strange is that I already knew this. Like, I tell people to write. <laughs> I know. But I didn't listen to myself. But this happens all the time where I just know the answer, but I avoid it at all costs. And yeah. instead, I go eat some fucking pretzels, and I sit <laughs> down, and I watch three hours of a Kanye doc on fucking Netflix, and I don't write. So, anyway. <laughs>
0: That cold is already kicking in
1: <laughs> sorry i got i got I got fired up I got fired <laughs> up, so my point being is when in doubt, mm-hmm. just start typing it's beautiful you have to
0: yeah, it's so weird, but you're right. we do talk about it all the time, and that happened to me this week. I texted you, and I was like, yeah, so I hit this point in the script and i have i i'm I'm broken. I can't do it. I don't know I just nope, I'm gonna go do yeah. it now and, and you're like. You- here like here's something to inspire you and I was like yes and then I just started writing and I deleted a lot because it wasn't right but like it got me fired up and I just through the writing of it you figured out how to get through the thing that was confusing you
1: yeah it's so weird knowing that you know how to do something but you don't do it because you don't think you know how to do it it's like a weird vicious cycle
0: that's such a good way of putting what our entire lives are as writers (laughs) (laughs) yeah what a terrible job
1: oh this is best
0: yeah it's the best when
1: when it clicks it's the best it's the best
0: so my second one is i don't even know how to how to post so something has happened <laughs> um, oh, so boy. these two scripts that i'm <laughs> writing are uh, these studio movies and it's so interesting because i've never been in this situation usually like you have your production meetings, you maybe have written an outline beforehand and they've given you notes on the outline to just kind of make sure that you kind of pay attention to these as you go to write the script or just a notes, doc- a single notes document, and then you go to write. But here in these, both these cases, I have like four different notes documents for each project that have come from different people on the producing side, either, either different people or like just different times like they've written they've thought about a different note and so they wrote a whole new notes document and sent me that and then the next week they woke up and had new thoughts so they wanted to send me that notes document so now I have all of these notes documents that like if you can imagine it just like sprayed across my room as I'm trying to write while also having my outline next to me it's a lot of fucking information to try to hold in your head and there's there seems to be absolutely no way to hold all of that information and write well, because especially if you're like trying to achieve all these notes and these crazy notes documents before you're even writing. Yeah. So I'm presenting it as a problem because I don't have a solution yet. Like what I'm doing is probably not right. But again, because it's the first time this has happened to me at this sort of extreme ridiculous level i'm still sort of figuring out the best way to handle it it feels like the best way to handle it is to cull all of the notes together in a way that works for my brain so maybe it's like breaking it down to by by t- like timeline in your in your movie like this this note applies to the opener this note applies to the yeah m- like maybe but that also will take a really long time and you you're dead like the, the weeks you're given to write a script do not include putting together a notes document so that you can yeah. write. It's like you need those 10 weeks to write the actual script. So like I'm at this weird crossroads where like, what the fuck do I do? And I think what I've just done is just try and hold all that in my head. Just think about it in the background and write the best script that I can. And then when I'm done, I'm going to go back to those notes and kind of use those as the notes documents that I, as if I submitted this script and got notes documents back and was revising. So use the notes documents sort of in my own revision process.
1: That sounds right. Does it? That makes sense to me. Really? I feel like you're going to read, you're going to retain the big things. Then you're going to write the script and then you're going to reread the notes and be like, oh, okay. There's some medium and smaller things that I can incorporate in.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: That sounds very doable. For somebody okay. else.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll be the experiment. I'll let you know how it goes.
1: <laughs> Not for me, but for you, I know you can do this. But that's at least okay, that's well, how- I'll
0: give you an update in a couple of That's how weeks.
1: I would approach it. Yeah. I got these notes. Boom. Here are the big things. And then you put them in. Yeah. That's easy.
0: Okay. It's yeah? difficult,
1: but easy. It's like difficult, easy. Does that make sense?
0: It's kind of like what you, that's your, this week in writing, it's difficult but easy to get through writer's block.
1: Oh, yeah, just write. (sighs)
0: Just write. All right.
1: My second this week in writing. Mm -hmm. A huge lesson came from you, Tasha. Me? Yes, you. I've talked about this script. I've been working on this one script that is ruining my life. (laughs) It is making me, it's aging me. It's making me doubt myself. It's making me question everything. And it is the strangest script. This is what I was talking with you about before this podcast started. And one day when I'm done with this script and whatever happens with it, I'm going to do a full episode of this experience I've had with it because, as you know, it's been like a journey. And without getting too far into it, I feel Wait, can like-
0: you, can I interrupt you for a sec? Can you yeah. do me a favor and like from now on start writing in your journal just like one line feelings that you're having <laughs> as you're going through this I so will. that when we come back to it?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the, the thing is, is I do feel like what I'm going through could happen and has happened to other people. I'm at that stage where I'm so far into it that I can't let go. Yeah. And it's like a script that I love and believe in. But at the same time, there's it's just constantly problematic.
0: That's the thing is it's going to be an amazing movie. It just has to get done.
1: It's just this, the script is <laughs> mediocre, but if someone can see through that, it'll be an amazing movie. <laughs> so here's, here's what the lesson lesson was. So my car- the, the, the idea of this movie is that it's kind of like this amblin feel there's supposed to be an Amblin vibe, this thriller. There's an adventure aspect that it's not like Goonies adventure, but kind of like a darker adventure. And I I was having a lot of trouble in the setup and my character wasn't really likable. She was very aggressive. She was really closed off. And she, this is a character that's been kind of in, in older drafts, but it's changed, but she hasn't really changed enough. Anyway, we start talking about this and you basically pointed out that in Amblin movies, which I believe to be accurate, is that a lot of times these characters, when they're around other people, they're like, hey, everything is fine. I'm good. I'm good. And they're constantly like a shell and they're sheltering themselves off from what their actual problem is. But when we see them alone, you see how vulnerable they are and how much they're falling apart. Mm -hmm. And I actually thought that was like a really important note, not just if you're writing like an Amblin movie, like Mm -hmm. that kind of vibe, but just in terms of like getting a having like a character that you feel for and yeah. you side with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Cause it was like, we, I, I love your hero, but I can see in the setup how, when you're just coming to it fresh, you're just sitting in the movie theater with your popcorn and the movie comes on that. There are moments where, because she was sort of bearing her soul a little bit too much on her sleeve that like you, it would be harder to root for her right away but then yeah but then like we started talking about amlin films which this very much falls into it's like oh yeah like they sort of don't like they're those are saved for for sort of a side moments and that's what makes you really love them because you see all all the things that you just said which I, i do like i it was like an epiphany as we were talking about it that made a lot of sense for your particular character but you're right. Like I feel like that's a that's a rule that can apply across the board for how to get someone to root for your hero.
1: Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah. Like if you if you feel like your character is unlikable at any writing any kind of script, I I really feel like that's a good solution where it's like they're one way with one person and they're completely, uh, like everything is fine. But when you see them by themselves, they're really struggling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How can you not root for someone like that?
1: <laughs> well.
0: Because we can all relate to that.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. You're putting up a putting up the wall, and the then wall. like taking ET for example. You know, it's like that boy. He ends up bearing his soul to ET, right? Like yeah. essentially. So then yeah. you you need that kind of later on in the story. Yeah, you need that one. Uh, Definitely. What would that be like? A mentor type, mm-hmm. not a mentor, right? ally.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you have. I mean, you're writing an Amblin movie. It's amazing. It's Mm. fine.
1: It'll be fine. Anyway, I'm back. I'm good. I'm good. Everything
0: is fine. Yeah. All
1: right. So, those were our this week's in writing. This week in writing. This, whatever. Makes sense.
0: TWIW.
1: TWIW. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All
0: right. Huge topic today. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like this is a good you topic. So, today's episode comes from an article that you did find that I did. I think so. It was. I, I mean, I, I, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, sure. I found it.
0: I, I don't remember finding it. Someone found it. Um, It's about Steve Jobs and his process that actually really applies to writing and pitching. So we're going to talk about what was in the article, which is Steve Jobs's, Steve Jobs's pitching process. Mm-hmm. And because he was one of the greatest minds of our generation, I think this is going to be great. We're going to learn so much.
1: I do too. I... And I just want to add, because we, I, we, I know we've talked about this before, and we talk about pitching a lot, and it's so important. And I almost feel like pitching goes beyond pitching a movie. It's also when you get into a room with an executive or yeah. whoever, you're always pitching something. You're pitching a yeah. movie yourself. Yeah. And I was thinking about this, like Steve Jobs is one of those people who was just captivating. When he spoke, he had it under control. He mm-hmm. had his vision. Whether you agreed with it or not, he had his vision. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's, there's a handful of people like that. Like, I know this is not going to be a popular thing to say, but like someone like Johnny Cochran, like that guy like jumps out of a screen and you listen to this guy. (laughs) That's
0: interesting. Yeah. I was thinking about this,
1: like Barack Obama, Ronald Reagan. These are people that captivated a lot of people, whether you, I probably shouldn't have used a lot of these examples (laughs) that I've used, but. That's just the way it is. I'm just just saying. No,
0: you're right. You're absolutely right.
1: I'm just saying there's a reason why these people are so captivating.
0: That's what I found interesting was like, I just assumed Steve Jobs was a genius, which he was, but also just assuming that genius was what allowed him to go on stage and immediately know what to say and make everything he said magic. that That was just part of what was inherent in his genius yeah which by the way is also how i feel when i see other writers succeed in really great ways i'm like oh they must just be a genius they just must be better than me and that's why they're getting all these amazing things but and this applies to writing as well the seemingly natural talent that was steve jobs all of that was actually the result of a lot of hard work yeah which is what we're going to talk about today. So I find it very inspiring and also just a reminder to come back down to earth.
1: 100%. And just before we jump into this, the reason I gave some of those examples I just gave a minute ago, <laughs> I'm using those because I've read these examples in other books. Like those are people who have been pointed out. Oh, interesting. Anyway, okay. Okay,
0: all right. All right, so here we go. Step one, I should I should backtrack and say, yeah, yeah, say yeah, yeah. What, what this article is. <laughs> so um, this article comes from Inc.com. It's written by Carmine Gallo, or Gallo, oh. and the article is titled, A Long-Time Apple Designer Reveals Steve Jobs' Six-Step Rehearsal Process He Used for Every Presentation. So these are going to be the six steps that Steve Jobs would apparently go through every time he would have one of those awesome Apple reveal presentations that Josh would always watch live and mm-hmm. text me about while watching. <laughs>
1: oh, God. I love Steve Jobs. I love him. And yes, I still watch the Apple keynotes.
0: Are they as good?
1: No. No. Because of
0: this. Because of this right here. Yeah. All right. Step one. Start rehearsing early. So Jobs apparently would not wait until the entire presentation was ready or written. He would just start practicing whatever he had. And he would rehearse Up to a month before the actual presentation, that's when he would kind of start doing it. And an interesting quote from that part of the step that I found from the article that I thought was interesting was, they say, this was one of Steve's great secrets of success as a presenter. He practiced a lot. He went over and over the material until he had the presentation honed and he knew it cold. Yeah. So how does that apply to screenwriting and pitching?
1: It's a little different in the sense where, you know, he can start rehearsing and he kind of knows it's a product launch. A pitch can obviously change along the ways. However, I definitely have started to rehearse when I have not had a pitch finish, but I'm like still working on it. And sometimes the pitch is coming together. But it's just a matter of like taking the like getting a cadence down and kind mm-hmm. of figuring out the reps of, all right, this is this is how this is gonna sound in the beginning. And then you just keep going over and over and it just starts sticking in your brain. So I, yeah. I really feel like it's a matter of. If you write a pitch doc, when you write a pitch doc, as you're writing it, start going over it. Even if it's not done, you don't yeah. have to wait until it's completely done. I mean, you can, whatever your process is, but like that that's where I think Steve Jobs is what is what he's saying is he's yeah. just totally prepared.
0: I think so too. And I think also the fact that he would start a month before is the real key for me because oftentimes producer will say, so yeah, come in and pitch. How long do you need before you come in? And we're... We're scared to ask for the amount of time we actually need. Yeah. Because I know that producers think you could just come in next week and pitch this, right? And no, it takes... Like, it can take me a month easily to... Because you have to figure out what the movie is or the TV show, which is even harder because it's a full season of character arcs and story. You have to figure out what that is. Then you have to find a way to articulate it. And then you have to hone it. And then you have to practice it. Those are... Each step of those takes at least a week to do. So I try to ask for as much time as I can and kind of say, well, when do you need it? They'll tell me a time and I'll say, okay, well, realistically, I need three weeks. Mm -hmm. And that just sets you up for success because I've definitely said, sure, I can get it to you next week and have completely bombed it. On the flip side, though, now remembering your friend who uh, I tried to get a job with your producer friend who you play tennis with. And, uh, she mm. asked me the question of, so when can you come in and pitch this movie? And it was a studio movie. So I feel like that's why her answer was this. Um, but I said, oh, like, you know, probably two to two weeks. Is that, is that okay? And she's like, yeah, you have four days. I was like, oh, Did
1: cool. she really?
0: hundred oh, <laughs> percent.
1: Why would so, she, wow. Yeah. I don't remember that.
0: So sometimes did, that can happen, but if you have the luxury of asking for, for the time you need, please do.
1: Did you pitch it in four days?
0: Yeah, fucking pitched it in four days. I what? had visuals and everything.
1: Did you sleep? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's fucked up. Yeah. Okay. It's a
0: great, 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 great experience.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Refine every slide, every line, and every gesture. And what this essentially says is that Jobs methodically internalized material on every slide and in every demo. Mm -hmm. And he thought about what every single line meant to him and what those lines would mean to an audience. He worked on pace. He worked on using his voice. He worked on using his body and his gesture to connect with the words.
0: Yeah. I love this one too.
1: This is amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: This actually reminded me of the Mickey Fisher podcast when we had talked about an acting background and how yeah. it's very theatrical and how, as a natural performer, you you perform. And when it comes to pitching, th- this is what you're doing. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've been in this where you're using gestures at certain markers. Because and- of you. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you taught me to use gestures.
1: Too many. If I can't have my hands, I'm done. I don't even want to go into a room. I need my hands to pitch.
0: I never used my hands before you told me that. And then as soon as I started using them, completely changed the way I pitched.
1: Wow. Yeah. The hands, the hands Beautiful. are everything.
0: <laughs> they are. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was, this was really cool. I, and just also the fact that he would memorize everything and, you know, because you would watch them all that they, they were, his presentations never had notes, right? Mm-hmm. Like every pan- every slide was just a picture because it was clean. That's his whole yeah. thing, minimalist. So he didn't have anything to guide him, which me- meant he had to memorize everything, including the way he talks. And I 100% do this now where I will practice my hand gestures. I'll use my hands. I'll do my things. And I will definitely raise my voice or lower my voice or, like, deliver a joke when I'm practicing. So that I know what that sounds like in every single moment. And I think this is what, uh, this is what, we're done. This is, this is it. This is the best one. Step two. And I just,
1: I think I'm going to, I just want to say this because I think I'm going to just say this for every single one, but when you have it so under control, there's, uh, there's like a sense of confidence that everybody feels. They're like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, this guy's got it. Or this woman's got it. And whether or not they like your idea, you still got it. And it's your idea and you own it. And I just, there's just something to that, that. That just can't – I can't yeah. stress how important that is. I I personally believe.
0: Yeah. And the fact that this particular step mentions body, gestures, voice, pace, and pit, like, yes, that's all what you should be – those are all the tools that you should be using when you're pitching. Yeah. And I don't think enough writers think about that. When they're pitching, they just think I'm going to read this or it's just the story that's important. Nothing else matters. But that's not the case in pitches.
1: No. Fuck the story. Next.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Next, step three. Rehearse out loud like it's the real thing. So Jobs would practice in full presentation mode. He would raise his voice volume change the tone of his voice change the energy that he had he would use these like really big gestures like he was speaking to a room of thousands of people when he was practicing because he knew he would eventually be doing so even though right now when he's practicing it's just a few people again kind of harkening back to step two just every gesture mattered to him so he practiced that
1: yeah i mean this is pretty pretty straightforward
0: do you practice your pitches to a camera? Do you record yourself to a mirror? Do you do those different tricks when you're rehearsing your pitches? I do. You do? Which one? Both?
1: Uh, to a camera. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Interesting. i have never done it. Or I think I did it once and I was like, ooh, I don't want to look at myself. I'm gonna, gonna just do voice memos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <gonna> do that.
1: <laughs> I've done that too. I'll take when uh I'll take walks and as I take walks, I'll, I'll do the pitch Ooh. just so I can just – talk. Yeah. I won't even – I'll just talk it through and, oh, okay. And then i you know, John jumps off of this and he meets over Olivia oh, over man. here. One of those things.
0: How and... many of your neighbors think you're an insane person?
1: You want to hear a quick story? Yes, please. Okay. I used to live in a studio and the walls were like paper thin. Mm-hmm. And when I was pitching, I had I, – as you know, I worked on like a travel series And my friend and I, we'd always have to pitch this travel series. And we knew this, we were like, we have to be in complete unison and we have to have this coordinated. We have to, we were bouncing off of each other and we would do these pitches like a hundred times over because at this point we were like new in Hollywood. We're like, oh my God, we're going to fucking kill this. But we knew it had to be like a performance, like Mm -hmm. theatrical. And years had gone by, whatever. We did this pitches. My I moved down from the travel stuff. And I ran into um, one of my old neighbors, Daniel, the nicest guy ever. And Daniel was like, bro. And he recited one of our pitches. No. Like, this was like two years later. And I was like, Daniel, how the fuck? He's like, how's the scoot stars, whatever. And I was like, <laughs> how- Daniel, what the fuck? How did you know this? And he's like, I used to hear you and Pete pitching every single night. And you guys sounded crazy and you were yelling because we used to have like these crazy methods. So my point is, is I've been doing those kind of crazy pitches for a while. And my neighbors do think I'm fucking nuts.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Just today I was uh, saying lines and Paul is in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and he goes, are you possessed by a demon or are you okay? I was like, I'm okay. (laughs) I'm
1: good. I'm good. good. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to.
0: I've never done the mirror thing. I have done the voice memo thing and that has been helpful because I will like go on a walk, listen to the voice memo of my pitch and be like, Oh, that's really boring. Or I totally tuned out there. I should look at that part. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Number four. Yeah.
1: Ask for feedback during each step of the performance. So Steve jobs, he essentially asked his executive teams for constructive feedback to help him out with every slide, every single phase. Um, He would listen to different observations And as needed, this says in the article, Job Mm -hmm. stepped out of character. He reduced the volume of his voice. He asked executives seated in the front row what they thought of some of the phrases he's using, whether they believe the ideas were flowing together smoothly. Mm -hmm. Here's what's really interesting about this. This this is pretty straightforward, but something just that like this one thing that stuck out to me. Um, First of all, I think it's really important to ask for feedback. We've done Mm -hmm. it. We've uh, pitched to each other. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, this, that just said Steve Jobs stepped out of character. Yeah. And I think it's really important to remember, like, you do kind of activate a different version of yourself at certain times.
0: Yeah. Tasha Fierce.
1: That's who you have to be.
0: Yeah. Tasha Fierce. Because normal Tasha is, like, shy and quiet and likes to be in the corner.
1: No. Fuck <laughs> but, that.
0: But that Tasha can't sell scripts.
1: That Tasha's <laughs> gone. I want other <laughs> Tasha. There's you, you have to do the flip and, and let the inside come out. That sounded terrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Step number five. (laughs) Step number
1: five.
0: (laughs) Wait, I'm going to go back to step number four for a second. Um, Yes, feedback is – Like I used to pitch to my agents and I still pitch to my manager. I even pitched to my manager and her husband once before and that was really great because he had like been in the business years ago but is now like a real estate agent. And he was able to give some interesting perspectives of like, in this in this pitch in particular it was a very i was pitching to a very masculine group of people mm-hmm. and it was a very testosterone heavy movie that i was pitching and so i cussed a lot during it nice and he was like taja it just sounds weird when you cuss because mm. you're like so cute like i just it doesn't feel natural yeah and he was like don't give in to these guys be yourself i'm like wow what if, what if myself is someone who cusses <laughs> like, what if- <laughs> <laughs> that's just me um but yeah it's interesting to get feedback because people will hit and when i would do it to my agents it was so intimidating because they would just sit there taking notes and stare at me and take more notes and their notes would be like yeah i was really bored here wow yeah i was like just super blunt and you're like okay well thank you um i guess i'll go fix that somehow but yes feedback please do it do it to your friends we do it to our writers group do it to your loved ones yeah do you pitch to nicole yeah that's great
1: yeah she'll give me like casting director notes
0: (laughs) what would that be
1: (laughs) just like if i I have a tendency to kind of as you probably know i like move around a little bit oh yeah I i get real energetic and like my i can't like contain myself that's where i use my hand but so she'll always be like josh stop moving
0: Oh, interesting. I yeah. love that because like you said, you have to step into a character. So she's tweaking your yeah. character.
1: And that's the one thing. I can't focus when you keep moving around like that. <laughs> oh, really? So you didn't hear the last so 30, story. 30 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how was the pitch? I don't know. You were moving around. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, babe. Love you. Bye. <laughs> I love you.
1: Take care of our kids. <laughs>
0: I'm going to go cry while fixing this pitch. Um, Okay. Step number five. Schedule dress rehearsals in real world conditions. Oh. So this says that on the Saturday and Sunday preceding the week of when Jobs would present his new product, he would rehearse the entire presentation twice a day. And these were dress rehearsals. Because he would come in his classic outfit, his turtleneck and his jeans. So he was in the outfit that he knew he was going to be in. So if you're hot in a turtleneck, he's going to feel that. And he's going to know what that feels like. Yeah. And that's a really interesting thing that I don't do. Do you do that?
1: I do. I used to only pitch in one outfit. Really? Yeah.
0: What was the outfit?
1: It was a, uh, a black polo shirt.
0: Wow, could the yeah. ch- were the pants interchangeable?
1: Uh, yeah, the pants were pretty much interchangeable because I had like the same pair of pants.
0: Got it. Is it because you could sweat and no one would notice?
1: It was well. That was part of it. Honest to God, because it was, it was like the black. It was yeah. just like, yeah, okay. It was what I just felt most comfortable in, and I actually had. I think this was actually I kind of stole this from Steve Jobs because he always had that black shirt, and yeah. I had black polo. But um, I used to. My videos, if you've ever watched any of my, this is like going back years and years, it would mm-hmm. always be in a black collared shirt. How Everything. And I just became so comfortable in it yeah. that that was, and I didn't have to think about it. There was someone who was like, I read somewhere about outfits or something where you, you just have like the same outfit so you don't have to think about the outfit.
0: Oh, interesting. I've not seen you in a black polo like ever.
1: Yeah, I retired it. I'm out. I'm out on the black polo. But I used to only wear a black That's polo.
0: so interesting. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I definitely pick my clothes accordingly because I, I know I'm going to get hot and sweaty because I'm all nervous and anxious. So And I definitely know that I'm going to be uncomfortable in every other way possible. So at least wear something where I don't feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So that's one thing I'll do. We're getting off course because it's not really what this step is about. It's it's rehearsing.
1: Very Um, important, though.
0: (laughs) But in real world, it's hard to do real world conditions. I think the way that this can apply to screenwriting would be to, and I have done this before, especially when we first started doing Zoom pitches, is I would Zoom pitch to Paul, like make him go to the other room just to like, how does this, how do I look? Is Am I am I doing it to the, like, am I speaking to the camera properly? Okay. If not, I have to move this way or how am I framed? Cause framing is now important yeah. in zooms. So those things do become important. So I would pay attention to that now, but yeah, that's how it applies. I think.
1: Yeah. And by the way, outfits are very important.
0: They are important
1: from top to bottom, your socks, your undershirt, your no undershirt, whatever. It's very important.
0: Can I say I once walked into a waiting room where a bunch of other writers were to waiting to meet other production executives, and they were all other guys, and every mm-hmm. single guy was dressed exactly the same.
1: I, I can picture in my head exactly what they were all wearing. Go. I'm, no, I don't want to say it.
0: <laughs> Button down shirt.
1: I can neither confirm nor deny.
0: They were all, almost always like a plaid p- pattern, too. Yeah khaki pants usually or like those dark jeans and then like a casual tennis shoe done that's it every male writer wore the same exact thing
1: not a fan (laughs) i want to be the best dress writer
0: yes if you're a dude change it up a little bit sometimes
1: like all the time
0: like all the time
1: or don't i don't care but i'm gonna tell you (laughs) i'm gonna be the best dress writer that i can be
0: (laughs) (laughs) But on the other, on the flip side, I know a story of a guy, a writer who went in and he just wore like bright yellow board shorts and a tank top and flip flops. Like he was going to the beach and the head of the company was like, who the fuck is on my couch right now? And he said that to an assistant. So don't go that direction to just like change it up.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Wow. No, fuck that. Anyways. Uh, Okay. Number six. Keep. The mood light. Steve Jobs, he knew when to break up the tension with humor. At the end of run-throughs, Jobs would get to that one last slide, uh, and the executives thought he had finished. Instead, Jobs said, "Here's what I have to say to those people who said our stores would most certainly fail. Just keep the mood light." Keep the mood light. S- Steve Jobs, he told jokes. He would. He was always like in his keynotes, like I'm just saying this, he was he would always be really intense and then he would always throw in a joke somewhere. Yeah. And people would laugh at it. People loved it because it was like, wow, this really intense dictator is all of a sudden like telling jokes. Because
0: it makes him a real person. I feel like if he was just dictator Steve Jobs, you're like, why do I want to buy a product from a dictator? Oh no. no, he's funny. He's a human being. He's just brilliant.
1: 100%. And there's in this uh, article, I think this is really important. It sums up everything. It says to sum up jobs recognized the power of public speaking by treating keynote presentations like theatrical performances and by rehearsing like stage performers do Mm -hmm. jobs elevated the business presentation to an art form
0: Mm -hmm. like yeah
1: that's beautiful
0: yeah i am also a fan of throwing in humor if you can it has backfired on me but i'd rather take the chance wow not
1: how has it backfired because no one laughed
0: Not only did no one laugh, (laughs) but they didn't hear it. And the joke required me to say the word dick. And so they didn't hear it. And so I had to repeat it louder. And because I repeated it, you know, a second time, the joke's not funny. So no one laughed. And now I've just, I'm the girl who just yelled dick in a conference room twice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hope someone meets you and they're like, I've seen you pitch before. You're that girl who yelled "dick." You're that dick girl. Yeah. That dick, you screamed "dick" for no reason during your one pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What? The, no! Let me let me tell the joke." I have again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, jokes can backfire, but you have to throw them in.
0: No, they're always worth it. <laughs> Even that's worth it because it loosens the room up and it reminds them that they are hearing a story from a human being that they would love to work with rather than a robot right it's just and it it reminds them to like stay attached to the story and really like tune in again um because it is hard to just listen to someone speak for 20 minutes so yeah if you can you don't just like throw in a cheesy joke like make it organic to how you're maybe describing a scene that's how i do it is i that's why i said the word dick was because i was describing a character from another character's point of view and it was it would have been funny dick
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, yeah there are ways yeah and this goes back to something I think your manager said that you've said is keep it like a campfire story yes and when you're telling a campfire story if you're telling your friends or you're at a dinner party you throw in some jokes some to anecdotes try, uh, yeah. to, to loosen things up
0: yeah You almost, which is a weird human thing, but you definitely always want your friends to like laugh at what your story is.
1: Oh, my God. Even
0: if you're telling a horror story, you usually kind of throw in a joke.
1: You have to. Because if you're not laughing, are you even living?
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Quote of the day. Joshua (laughs) (laughs) Holman. All right. I'm going to wrap up by reminding people. About the awesome heroes journal that we unboxed (laughs) recently. I love it. And it is a to-do journal for if you're trying to log what you have to do today in your writing. It is a daily journal if you need to write about gratitude or need to better understand what's preventing you from from doing the the goals that you have set for yourself. And it's all sort of framed in this fun adventure way. It's really awesome. And if you want one, check it out. Go to heroesjournal.co and use our discount code for our listeners, ACT2, at checkout. And you will get 10% off. And it's awesome. Please go check it out. We love it. We use it.
1: I do. I legitimately love this thing.
0: Yeah, it's so awesome.
1: It's it's great.
0: All right. Quote of the day. Yeah. You're going to like this one, Josh. Yeah. Remembering that you are going to die. Is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. You are already naked. There is no reason not to follow your heart. Steve Jobs.
1: Wow. I do love that. <laughs> that it, wow. I I love it.
0: It's very much Josh is always talking about you're gonna die tomorrow, so might as well go do the thing. <laughs> it always inspires me. Yeah,
1: we're we're just gonna die and we're gonna regret. Not doing shit.
0: Agree. All right. Please remember to rate and subscribe because you're going to regret it if you don't.
1: Yeah. What are you going to die and not rate our subscribe to our (laughs) podcast?
0: (laughs) No, you are not. (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) Do something worthwhile in your life.
0: Rate us. Follow (laughs) us at Acty Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha3.0.
1: And I'm Josh Hallman on Instagram, Joshua Hallman on twitter
0: and as always act two podcast is a production of act two a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter this episode was edited by paul lundquist music by 414 Bag, which you can find on spotify